Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the Purple Hyacinth. And we have Meg and Laura, and we're going to start out by asking everyone who would they want to go to an amusement park with? Go ahead, Meg. Um, Oh, I would definitely go with Kim because she'd be my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would go with Kim too because she's highly entertaining and she must be so much fun to be with. And go on all the coasters. She would not be scared of anything. So let's go. And she would yell and she would be dramatic Mm -hmm. and she would go on again right after she yelled. (laughs) And she has really good aim too. So she would be like good at those little like carnival games. I was thinking Kim too. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Kim too. I was thinking Karen also would be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to go together and go with Kim. We're all just good. Karen would be fun too. Because he also has pretty good aim probably. And he's he's like so sassy. (laughs) Well, at that point it would become a date. That's already like a different question for me. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to choose Karen because that's that's a romantic question for me. So like, it's not really answering the same question. (laughs) That would be like, oh, who do I want? Whose hand do I want to grab when I'm on the roller coaster? Oh no, I, I, I mean, Kieran's gorgeous, but I, I would never want to date him. Yeah, 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 no, not for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, real life murderer, I guess not. Sans the murderer part, I might. Even though, yeah, there's the whole horrible background trauma thing, but whatever. Took my chances once, probably, so you know. Hopefully, wouldn't even like Sans murderer part. I probably still wouldn't want to date Karen just because he would like get under my skin too much. Um, <laughs> he'd be a little too irritating that. for me. So, like people like Maybe Will, gonna hug it up. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I like people with personality. Like Will is a doll, and he's such a good person, but he's like too flat for me. He's too good. Like he's like you gotta have some sass. That's what I think anyway. That's what I like. So, but well, I think Karen's the type who like knows your buttons and like intentionally pushes them. Probably. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> like anyway. you like personality. And I think if I remember correctly, the secondary person you said you marry was Lucas. So. No, kiss, kiss. But that was because I was like oh. I couldn't choose, yeah, we, in the video that we made, Laura, we had to choose, like, Kiss, Mary Kill, but the second round, we had to choose only not the main four, and I had already chosen who to marry, um, which was Dokken, because I, I like him, and then I had to be someone to kiss, but I didn't really care at that point who I kissed, it just had to be someone male, like, close to my age, really, like, so I was like, whatever, Lucas, I guess, <laughs> I wasn't interested in kissing anybody else, but because right. I'm, you know, like I said, I, like, I'm not interested in women, I was like, well, I'll just go with Lucas. So, <laughs> anywho, let's start the chapter. So, new nemesis starts out with a view of Art Hollis, looking very pretty. There's a lot of purple hyacinths everywhere. There's like, I guess maybe Kieran didn't get his. Um, there's like, I see that some growing in like the field near the castle. It looks like it's near the castle, or maybe it's just. It the looks like it's on the roof, like the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several roofs. Yeah, 
maybe it was supposed to be brown that it didn't get colored like maybe it's supposed to because i do see some green there i don't know it, it, yeah who knows hard to tell. Um, and then there's people people have purple hyacinths in their windows like a lot of people do so it's a national flower and i guess people use it and then we um we see we're at the apd we focus on the doors lauren looks outside and she says i think to herself i can't believe it's working Hell, I can't believe I made this deal in the first place. Yes. And with the city's most loathsome, most loathsome criminal. Don't know if I'll ever stop hating myself for that. So yeah, at this point in the story, she's definitely has not accepted what she has done. Yeah. If, and Sorry, go ahead. If the police ever find out, I'd be better off dead. And yet our deal is sealed and it might work out better than I expected. I can't stop now. So... Before we continue, I just think it's such a just juxtaposition, um, this opening, because the last couple chapters were all at night. So I'm guessing this is like the next day, um, the, the morning after McTrevor was arrested. Um, and it's like, it's a new day. There's so much hope. She's so um, excited about what happened. Um, and it just is like, it reminds me of the the, the line Karen said, you know, we could work on both sides of the law, on two sides of the law, me. So it's like another, um, like a loon at night. And then here she is at the police off at the police precinct the next morning. Kind of like a little bit of whiplash from like one to the other. You first, you're yeah. like outside of the law, then you're enforcing the law. And then right. she comes in and I guess, like you said, it's morning, but all I can fixate on is the clock behind her says like five o'clock. So. Yeah, I know. I noticed I that too. Every single time. It's not the first time. Sometimes it has normal hours, like five o'clock in the end and they leave and yeah. whatever. But sometimes it's like they're at 6 a.m. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> Presumably, mm -hmm. let's just chalk it up to an error because if not, these people are workaholics of the worst order. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or maybe they have like 12 hour shifts. I don't know, like five to five or something. Well, I think we've already established that the purple hyacinth world is wacky on the time. Like there's no way the calendar can even work for everything to happen, you know, when it's supposed to happen. So it's, 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 it's wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And also with the, the time in terms of like the era, because there's all sorts of interesting technology plus costume, you know, juxtapositions <laughs> that maybe aren't mm -hmm. like appropriate, but <laughs> that's true. Um, and then when Lauren is thinking to herself, I can't believe I made this deal and with the city's most loathsome criminal, um, that panel is a little bit darkened. I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever stop hating myself for that. She's like trying to kind of going back into herself and like really brooding again and recognizing that it's really dark stuff she's doing. Well, in the last chapter, and this is something I noticed um, when I was working on, you know, just the chapters and stuff, um, she did threaten McTrevor's child that she used it as a bargaining ship and I'm kind of wondering is if like after she came out of there she's just like huh I totally threatened a kid to um even though it was a bluff to further my own and I'm wondering if like all that kind of stuff is kind of like bouncing around in the back of her head like how far am I gonna walk off the beaten road if I keep doing this like I'm doing this for the right thing but how much is it going to change me as a person and can I even control that? Which that's what I would be wondering anyway. That's I know food has compared Lauren, Lauren's own journey to the Phantom Scythe as well, because the Phantom Scythe ostensibly started out idealistically. And I think at some point, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think there is a very strong element of that where if you have the power, um, you it makes you do bad things like more than and changes you. So yeah. 
So anyway, so she walks in the office and everyone's, you know, standing around and looks like they're all animated by one topic. Well, do we have it not yet? Okay, no, never mind. So sorry, that's my mistaken impression. Anyway, Lila says, hi, good morning, Officer Sinclair with her, you know, typical cheeriness. Kim and Will, <laughs> Kim is just apparently just smacked Will in the face. <laughs> this guy just takes it. He's such a pure soul, poor guy. And he's like, ah, she says, I Lauren. And then, you know, seeing this, like everyone greet her so friendly, she just thinks to herself, how long will I need to lie to them? You know, they're giving her their affection and their openness, and she has to shut a part of herself off from them, which obviously must feel terrible for her. And now she says, is it true what they say? This is Lila talking. If Trevor was finally arrested, yes, he was found someone else in the office. Yes, he was found tied to a chair in his office. Seems like Loon paid him a little visit before us. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that Lauren decides to stay by the door in this panel. She doesn't mm -hmm. really walk into the office very far. Um, maybe part of part of that is she realizes like, oh gosh, this really hurts me to not be forthcoming with my friends. I, I can't believe I'm lying to them. How long will I need to do that? I mean, she has to to protect them, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't feel good. But now the conversation is going towards Loon and Trevor. And so I wonder if she's staying by the door subconsciously because she feels like she might need a fast exit. <laughs> it's yeah. really, really uncomfortable. Well, I thought about that a good bit too with, you know, in that process that she has, especially as Loon becomes a topic in the office over the next couple of weeks, like she's always been the one, anything Phantom Scythe related, she is jumping on it. So now I wonder if she's in this work, you know, in the back of her head, she's like, okay, if I'm too interested, will that throw any red flags? Or if I'm not interested enough, will that throw red flags? Like, I wonder if she'd be absolutely paranoid about not saying something or saying too much to be too interested in will it throw any red flags so i don't know that would be my paranoia anyway i to walk it's <laughs> i feel a lot, a lot for her and, and honestly like i am you know not to like say what happens next but like i'm i know that i'd be terrified yeah that especially her close friends would pick up on changes in her behavior mm -hmm. i think unless you're like a uh, really good at acting and really good at like um understanding your own behaviors and remembering exactly how you acted it must be really really hard to pretend everything is the same yeah i don't know lauren also seems like a very direct person i don't know if she's so good at at acting and pretending she seems yeah, like kim, she's always been direct kim's but, a good actor kim's a good actor we've already seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder so, if lauren's um uh default if she doesn't want to give any red flags would just be to not say anything like she doesn't want to with her tone or her word mm -hmm. she's just, I'm just gonna and here she is she's just kind of lurking in the shadow by the door <laughs> yep. uh, Lucas is like detective Mark said he'd never seen him so scared before she's like yes <laughs> sorry <laughs> no, he deserved it based on the list of things that they accused him of <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, who's somehow his, his eyes are perpetual in shadow. Like, actually, you know, the first time I saw Lucas, I was like, is that Kieran? I thought it was Kieran. I was like, well, what is Kieran doing here in the office? And nobody's saying anything. I was like, okay, it must be a different character. But they both have like their, um, that like dark blue hair over their eyes all the time. But only Lucas has the shadow from it. <laughs> so he's like, he's ecstatic. He's like, I don't know what Loon did to him, but the show must have been delicious. <laughs> Which is both hilarious and horrifying. Like, what is going on in your head? Right. All the time, Lucas. <laughs> and Lila is like, 
you know, it's funny. I never noticed before, but now I noticed like the, the interaction and how Lila, Lila interacts with them and reacts to Lucas. She is, um, you know, like terrified. She's sweating and she's like, um, who is Loon? And the Will's like, and how could he succeed where a dozen detectives have failed? And again, it's a little bit like, a little sexist for them to assume it's a man, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah. And Kim's like, are you kidding? All of this is actually fantastic. I'm sure it's some sort of ex-Phantom Psych member trying to atone a new secret informer. So Kim is all, has always been open to Loon and Loon being a positive thing. And this is not surprising. Like she's not, even though yes, she does work in the police, she's not a strict law bound person. Like she can see beyond the letter of the law. They must have a couple of brave spies within the ranks. I mean, she's praising that. Only one of them could have had that much insight into the Phantom Sight's operations. <laughs> and Warren's like, please, Kim, stop being so smart. <laughs> yeah, there we go, Kim being smart. <laughs> this is like day one of Loon operations and Kim is already like figuring things out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm partially distracted by like these couple panels right there. Her hair is drawn perfectly. Like I'm just looking at Kim's hair this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, it's cute. It's pretty. Mm -hmm. I just noticed nobody has curly hair. You ever know? They all have like some variation of weight, like straight. I saw one thing. character, a side character in some of the later chapters where I was like, oh, curls, there we go. But you're <laughs> right. It's, it's mostly straight or with like slight, like Lauren's got slight waves, but she's mostly straight. So they're also skinny. I've never seen like a chubby person yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Lady oh, A, kind of, maybe a little bit. <laughs> what? Lady A? Lady yeah, plump. she's full. She's plump. <laughs> I guess. The only one. <laughs> I wonder if that could be partially because um, so many people, uh, well, if they're like in the lower class, they're just hungry. Like they don't have enough food <laughs> to get plump. And that's part of the reason why the Phantom Scythe was formed. There's just so many hungry people, so much desperation. Or if they're just used to drawing skinny people <laughs> yeah i think it's an art style but. yeah primarily yeah because i would think that take a lot of practice just to get it you know i mean it's hard enough to just do the regular you know typical standard body form but then to mm -hmm. add variety with all those characters and stuff mm -hmm. like tip my hat to people who do that on the norm with their webtoons because i can just imagine that's a lot of extra work yeah i think i think every artist like focuses on different things and i think it's hard to focus on like there this story is so mystery centric this I think it's hard enough to already do the story wise I don't yeah. you know um I know some people get offended they're like oh there should be body representation I'm like you know yeah if I ever draw something that that is a priority to me but that happened just because that happens to be a priority for me like it's just um I don't think you can expect every person to align you know to focus on everything that you want to focus on it's just a lot to draw a story to begin with yeah agreed so I know, and also it's not like it's not like beauty is a part beauty or pre, or physical appearance is part of the story. Like it's not like anyone's walking around being like, oh, only skinny people are good looking. It's just they happen to be skinny, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it it doesn't play a role in the story. Like body type doesn't really play a role. So anyway, Harvey, Mr. Cutie, says <laughs> maybe Loon is a rival merchant dealing for the Phantom Scythe. He compiled all this information over the years and decided to leak it. And that's now we have an introduction, Officer Harvey Wood, patrol unit, our tallest police department. And we've seen him in the prologue already. 
-hmm. And this is a really smart observation. I don't know that I would have thought of that myself. Like, oh, maybe it is a rival business trying to take him down. It's, yeah. it's a good speculation. Mm -hmm. Good one, Harvey. <laughs> At this point, it's been 10 years since the train station tragedy. So what has the Phantom site been doing? Well, I guess at this thing, the only thing that they've been fully aware of is there's been a lot of like illegal dealings. So I guess it would make sense for it to be more of a merchant and um, kind of uh, economy thing rather than a terrorist organization at this point with the phantom site. So that's mm -hmm. smart on Harvey. Mm -hmm. yeah, and Kim says, you know, recognize that. She's like, you're right, Harvey. He'd be hiding under a pseudonym because of all the shady business he's also involved in to get weapons, the weapons contract for himself. And she also like throws her hand out. It looks like she again hit Will in the face or, or he had to move his head out of the way because he's making some kind of face there. <sighs> It seems like she's she does hilarious. that a lot. She's like all, all in Will's personal space. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like he's the kind of person who normally hates it and he says he hates it. And he's like, oh, Kim, stop it. But really, he likes it. He just doesn't even really know he likes it yet. Yes, I agree. Like if it was someone he really didn't like, he would not hang out with them so much. He wouldn't be mm -hmm. right next to them, mm -hmm. which he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's so funny. It's, it's not, it's, it's, um, I would say it's in the visual language here where she's um, in his personal space and he's annoyed, but like moves her hand out of the way, but they're just having this other conversation. It's, I, I really like it. It's like, um, it's something you would see like in an actual conversation with people. If you're standing around with a couple friends, there's a lot going on in what you're saying, but there's a lot going on in your body language too. Yeah. So Kim's officially the friend that talks with her hands. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> And yeah, Will, like you said, I didn't even notice. I didn't know he was pushing it. I thought he was just like defending himself, but Kobe is pushing her hands away. And he has a, like the, the anger mark. And he's like, in any case, the file is surely the work of a specialist. I've heard the IU investigative unit guys talking about it. They even look for traces of fingerprints on the papers. There's nothing to give away his identity. The guy and Lucas, this guy was really careful. He knew exactly what we'd be looking for in identifiers. And Lila with like these flowers around her, she's like, why are you guys so worried? It's wonderful. Justice will finally be served thanks to Loon. <laughs> She's so cute. Oh, um, I think it's interesting that she used the word worried. Um, Kim didn't seem worried. Lucas didn't seem worried. <laughs> they both seemed like really excited about Loon. Um, but maybe Will, maybe Will was worried. Maybe that's yeah. why his, uh, his face, his face um, has been mostly in the shadows so far in the chapter. So maybe he's like, that's it partially indicate that he's worried about this um but also I mean everyone knows that it's not super on the up and up where Loon is is operating so I'm like that when I was analyzing this I, I part of my first read I was like oh Lila she's so cute but on my <laughs> um analyzing like mm, why is she so okay why is she so okay with Loon doing the dirty work to get Trevor arrested is she just being optimistic or <laughs> is she like trying to hide something more sinister about her? I don't know. Or is she just being cutesy? Is it a facade? I don't know. <laughs> that's like, that's a, that would be hilarious. That's like a, a central question. Whenever people are like, oh, you know, who is actually the leader? People are like Lila, right? Because it's like, she's the person we least expect. That would be funny. <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's Lila turned out to be like nefarious and we just like never thought of her all along. <laughs> but here we go. Chapter. 17 we have our first suspicion 
I think the biggest positive though from it is it's, it's been 10 years and they haven't made any significant arrests. So I think there's also the, especially the, the people on the patrol and everything who deal with this stuff in the street, like all the time, it's a level of desperation. So something's being done, even though it's not done the absolute right way, from their perspective, it's still a good thing because at least something is moving. And also I'm very fixated on Lila's like huge white bow going on <laughs> here at the front. <laughs> It's very pretty. They have gorgeous outfits. And that is a really good point, Meg, because they are familiar with McTrevor. Like they've tried to get him arrested several times and he's been able to get away um, because of his money. So that frustration though, you know somebody's doing something wrong. You bring him in and then you watch him and his money squirm his way out of being Mm -hmm. charged. And I mean, I watch a lot of like police shows. That's kind of like my thing and like uh, NCIS and all the law stuff. And I know even watching those shows as, you know, just someone being entertained by something fictional, like whenever they trying to nab somebody, but then they just slip through their fingers because of like a lawyer or that evidence wasn't handled properly. It's just so frustrating. So I can sense that they would be feeling that way. So who cares if they're doing it illegally? So he, McTrevor's behind bars now. So woo. and then somebody walks in and it's interesting because it's framed it's not framed from the top it's framed from the bottom and we just see this person's shoes and that automatically like you know anything to do with the bottom is associated in our minds with negativity so Mm -hmm. you know in this case it's a it's like a threatening entrance but it's also bringing down you know a negative aspect and the person's words say the same thing or this entire story is just a ploy to divert our attention from something rotten hiding beneath the surface. So they're all, they've been, you know, we're seeing their heads, they're bathed in, you know, this cheerful light, they're positive about it. And then this person brings in the pessimism and the framing of the story just serves to underscore that. And- yeah, I noticed that also. And um, it, like you said, it's interesting that the way it's framed echoes what the words are saying. Um, and it also kind of like that big step, like he's really heavy, heavy footed. Um, and it kind of like, um, on the one hand, maybe, I don't know, he seems kind of sinister. So maybe he's secretly part of the Phantom Scythe. I don't know. I don't know about that. But also maybe he's like really trying to emphasize that he's going to do whatever he can to find whatever that rotten thing is hidden beneath the surface. He really wants to get to. He's like you said, he's uh, um, more about the letter of the law than the spirit of the law really wants to follow the letter of the law and Herman specifically as far as like letter of the law rather than the actual like you were saying um nature of the law I just it's it's I think for Herman it's more of a power thing like that that level of following the law he gets to enforce that and that's where he gets his edge so anybody that goes around that they're not under his control they're not under his say they're it's it's out of his hands and he really seems like a control freak and he doesn't like that and just all his reactions point to you know if somebody has a different way of doing things or if somebody's you know not what I think is this perfect square box then I'm gonna have a problem with it I know a lot of people like that (laughs) I find it funny like on a personal level because in this story I'm very sympathetic towards Herman but in real life, I actually can't stand people like that. Like I, I'm none of my friends are that kind of personality because it's like, it's the exact opposite of what I am. Like, I'm not like that, but I think maybe it's because everyone picks on Herman and I feel bad for him. And I'm like, <laughs> I always defend him. 
So it's weird. Like, because in real life, I, I don't like people like that, but I, I understand him. And I, I also think it's worthy, worthwhile to differentiate from evil and, and like a personality issue because, and like a personality trait, because I do think it's important to understand that people come in all flavors and stripes and sizes and like, and, and personality types. And I think that, yes, it's in, it's in combination with a negative aspect with the, the power, the control freakness, and like maybe the, the personal part with, we'll see a little later with Lauren and her uncle. But right. I do think that it's important to understand that it's a personality type and you can't fault people for having a personality. And if you wouldn't have that personality, the world would be a messy place. Like you need to have all different kinds. And I think Leslie was saying also, like you want the, the chief of police to be a rule follower. Like you have to have someone like that running the chief of police. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Not chief of police, but running a, you know, being in the police. Yeah. So, um, and he continues and says, Loon has yet to reveal his face, let alone his true intentions. And again, we have, you know, Lauren kind of looking shady, like, you know, the side eye. And it's naive to put this man on a pedestal so quickly. You know, he's kind of passing by Lila and he's casting a shadow over her. And so she's like, you know, he's taking away everyone's optimism. Like he's walking into the room and just like dashing everyone. <laughs> so now like the bright Lila is now like in shadow and like she has no mouth and she's looking up at him a little timidly. And, and this is a direct, um, like he's responding directly to Lila. When he walked in, it was right after Lila had said, oh, isn't it wonderful? And so when he passes by her, the panel shows her, it's like, it's naive. So he's, he doesn't say it directly to Lila, but he's mm -hmm. implying that she's being naive by thinking that this is a, a good thing. Um, and obviously the panel wipe above it, um, Loon has yet to reveal his face and we see Lauren's face. And we're like, oh, <laughs> a little wink from the, uh, the creators there. Yeah. Yep. And I'm trying to like, eh, she has some hair over her face. It's a little bit hiding, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we finally see, you know, the object, like we know it's Herman, but now we see his face. Good morning, everyone. And he's looking very, you know, stern and rigid, which he is. <laughs> yeah. The most unpositive, positive, good morning ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you should just say morning. I'm surprised you said good. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't want to become a Herman hater. He has enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone says good morning sir you know in a very official manner and then he's like at ease officers it's a little military like i don't think they use that in the police but okay <laughs> maybe he runs his police station like a, like a military ship <laughs> and will says so what do we know about luna at this point what did my trevor say he said detective march is with him right now the only thing we got out of him so far is that luna is apparently a team of two men which I am impressed that McTrevor kept his word. Like he's more, he's more scared of Loon than the police. <laughs> well, I guess um, Lauren's threat about his child mm -hmm. is really like striking a chord with him. Like really scared for his, his son. Because obviously right? Loon isn't with the police, but they definitely seem to have connections. Like somehow they know about all this stuff. So could they make good on their threat from McTrevor's point of view? Then absolutely. So I mean, if they know all this, then what's to say that him not going through on what they say might actually end up with his, you know, son, which makes me feel bad for McTrevor because, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's not cooperating, anything that could help him, I guess, with cooperating with police or detectives or whatever he's not doing for the sake of his son, so. Well, I mean, he also is a pretty terrible guy. <laughs> He's done oh, a lot yeah. of shady things. No, not denying that for sure. But also like in this webtoon has a lot of just showing the, you know, 
not everybody's like completely this or completely that there's right. always maybe a spot of white in a black sea yeah and um I just like seeing that humanity in everybody and we've been able to see that with characters we never expected to see that from which honestly creates a lot more depth and um, I appreciate it so even seeing that with McTrevor and even seeing it with spots of Herman as much as I dislike him um <laughs> it's good to see but um I, yeah I, definitely you know, it would be great. It would be so much fun <laughs> on a personal level to see this, to get a sympathetic backstory for Herman and the entire fandom is like, oh no, what are we going to do? We want to hate him, but we can't. <laughs> like, what if we find out why he's such a justice person? What if like his, I don't know, some crazy family story and like he, and he, whatever, he learned to value like being rigid because of that. And that would be so much fun. Okay. I'm putting in a petition for this. <laughs> Sympathetic give backstory Herman a backstory. Herman. <laughs> what? I give a Herman a backstory. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would be awesome. That would be okay. You're the yeah. only one cheering for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. We have some somebody made. <laughs> we have a Herman cure. <laughs> okay, no, I can't even say it. It's so funny. No, 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 no. I read that conversation. We're not going there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some crazy stuff on discord laura we'll tell you later (laughs) live no i've locked it out of my memory i didn't read that conversation that's hilarious yeah so anywho people are shocked and you know lauren finally does participate in this conversation the first thing she said all morning she says do we have any suspects yet is there anything we can do to help the iu which honestly is probably what she would say anyway because she's like always trying to get back to her job (laughs) Is she hiding um, a smirk though? Like, look at her eyes and like her hand. Is she hiding a smirk, a smile? I don't know. I looked this up actually. I looked up um, what body language cues, different body language cues could mean. Um, And uh, the covering her mouth, it could be, it could be like she's thinking, like maybe she's trying to portray that she's being pensive. But more often than not, it's a sign of like trying to be secretive or like you're trying to hide something. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's like, do we have any suspects yet? Yeah. That's like a little suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) But is there anything we can do to help the IU? That is definitely something that she would do. That she would she would want to get involved in. Um, even though Herman is always telling her, just stick to your job. You're not a detective anymore. Just stick to your job. Um anyway. (laughs) Sorry, what was that? Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't um he, he, his response is not personally directed at her. Like, it's not mean. It's a normal response. Yeah. He says, no, not for now. Whatever we do, it'll have to be discreet. That's what I wanted to talk about. The last thing we need is the public getting carried away with this masked vigilante showing up out of nowhere. Consider that information top secret until the trial. We'll deal with the official announcement then. Okay. And Lauren asks, and what'll happen to Mike Trevor in the meantime? Can Loon's evidence be used in court? Which uh, something she's probably personally interested in. And says so her sorry, what? her hand comes away from her mouth also. She's not trying to hide anything anymore. Right. She's actually interested. <laughs> and he says Loon's work is eerily complementary so to what we already had in our archive archives. Everything in the file already had serious detective work to support it. Detective Marsh thinks we can replicate it in time for the trial and present that file. He will appear before the judge tomorrow and face all the charges he's escaped in the past years. And we see, you know, like a, a courtroom in his mind's eye or whatever. Um, in normal circumstances, further investigation would be required before Loon's work could be considered actual evidence, but the IU represents and verified everything. 
<laughs> we have my Trevor looking like it's a, I guess, a visualization of the, the, but the trial, you know, he's like in anguish because he's probably just been sentenced. And um, the final decision of the judge will probably have to wait till I identify Loon. There's a, an image of a gavel, which I'm surprised about that. I'm not sure why would that, why would that be necessary if they replicated all the evidence, but whatever. Uh, but McTrevor will most certainly be incarcerated in the meantime. And we have McTrevor behind bars. And then we have an image of Herman looking very aggressive. He says, whoever or whatever Loon is, he will not be able to hide in the shadows for long. I will not tolerate being toyed with by a coward hiding behind a mask. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is a part where it gets like to his personal power trip. Or I don't know if it's a power trip so much as the need to feel in control and the need to to know everything like I don't think he's a person who deals with unknowns very well yeah. um I think he needs to feel like he understands everything that's going on and like he probably feels powerless and probably does not like that feeling he yeah. also probably suspects somebody in this precinct and so saying this whoever mm -hmm. specifically saying whoever or whatever Loon is like even though McTrevor has said it was a team of two men he is a little suspicious still, especially going to the next panel when he turns and looks at Lauren. If he is as half as smart as he pretends to be, he should know that my patience is very thin and that whatever crimes he committed to assemble this file will not be overlooked. I'll make it my personal mission to catch this individual and put him behind bars for good, maintaining eye contact with Lauren the entire time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not great. Whoops. <laughs> Goodness. There's another like, well, we're, we go like a couple, couple of chapters back. Uh, well, I think it was like chapter six, seven, eight, somewhere around in there where he's like harping on Lauren to keep her personal feelings out of this. But with this, it seems like that's just, it feels so personal for him. And like, he's so passionate about it for like what you said, um, Laura and uh, Mindy, just for those reasons that control and it's not in his lap anymore. Um, and I don't know if it's necessary suspecting Lauren because I think Herman would totally be the guy that'd be like, oh yeah, definitely two men. Um, <laughs> so I don't think it's so much of he's looking at her specifically because um, he's when he's looking at her, he's like, my patience is very thin. Like, hey, you know this, Lauren. I had some experience with this. Um, and just, but I also think that at that point, he's already come to the conclusion that, okay, someone in here sus. So mm -hmm. I'm going to let them know exactly what they think. And mm -hmm. then also, I think I saw it on um, Soft's story like a while back. She made a funny comment. She's just like, Herman's like the only person that I consistently try to draw ugly. The thick lines, the wide mouth in that one panel where it's just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes he looks not so great, but most of the time, he, I think he looks quite nice. Uh, I not met any ugly person in this comic except for the butler. But. Yeah, there's just some screens with Herman. I'm like, this is funny to me. <laughs> and yeah, about it, Laura. When when I first saw this, I was like, oh my god, does he suspect her? But then his behavior over the rest of the comic doesn't show that he suspects her. But like in this scene, I was like, oh my god, I'm like he's just looking directly at Laura. So yeah, the rest of the time, like it doesn't seem like he has a special thing of her. For Louis, at least, Ringling. So it, that's probably a good point, Meg. That um, he he's so impatient with Lauren, and Lauren always gets under his skin. Um, and she was demoted from detective to officer, and so like he's reminding her that you know you committed a crime, you're, you're going to be held responsible, or you know she broke the rules when she 
I don't remember if we've learned that already up to this point in the story. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also, B, that because he knows how obsessed she is with catching the phantom scythe and getting it right. down, that he he thinks that Laura would be like, oh, I don't care if they they can know. Right. He, he understands that Laura would be supportive of Loon. And yeah. he's like telling her, no, I don't care. Like, we're not supporting Loon. We have to put this person behind bars. Okay. So she's obsessed. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And then her body language in the last panel, she's not really making eye contact with him. Um, she's looking kind of down, kind of to the right, to her right, um, which I looked up. And da, 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 according to changingminds.org, Looking at a person can be an act of power and domination, which is definitely what Herman is doing right now by looking at Lauren. So looking down can thus be a signal of submission. Um, so I don't know. I don't know their exact relationship, but some, it seems like Lauren would typically have something to say in response to that. But maybe mm -hmm. right now she's recognizing she just needs to submit. It can also indicate that the person is feeling guilty, which I'm sure she is. Um, looking down into the left can indicate that someone is talking to themselves but she's looking down into the right which indicates that she's attending to her internal emotions and maybe she's a little bit preoccupied by her guilt or trying to be sneaky with everyone around her um and if she was making eye contact oh sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say i think it like from when i first glanced at it it i think it felt more like that panel was for the reader, especially the way it's faded out. But I kind oh. of feel like she's staring right at him, like what you were just about to say. That's that's how I look at it anyway. Maybe. It's hard to tell exactly because they're not the same height. Mm -hmm. um, but like maintaining eye contact, that could be like, uh, that can be threatening. That could be a way to like um, be intimidating back to someone if someone's trying to be intimidating to you. So breaking eye contact can indicate that something has just been said that makes a person uncomfortable. Um, so I don't know, maybe she maybe she is making eye contact with him right now. I think she kind of looks like she's looking down a little bit, like not to the floor all the way, but definitely not at the space. Okay. And to me, it looks like the left eye is looking at him, but the right eye is looking down. <laughs> it's a little bit <laughs> of a mismatch. So I can see why both are mm -hmm. reasonable. How I read it, was when he says it's my personal mission to catch this individual and put him behind bars for good in that panel and, and I can remember when I first read it it kind of like I, I looked at it, she was staring at him directly and it was kind of like an unspoken oh yeah just try me you mm -hmm. you can try go ahead kind of almost like a dare <laughs> like she's rising to the challenge kind of thing um and I don't know if this is a good place to put this in here this is something of course at this point in the series this was whew, well over over a year ago now well over a year ago uh, episode 17 um and the theorizing for me was just like kind of barely there um but at this point I was already thinking there's got to be something I said this before in like other podcast episodes but I really think there's got to be more to Herman's dislike of Lauren than her actions because it, it does feel like more in depth and it doesn't feel so much against I don't think he dislikes I don't think it's her like, I feel like there's something else there, whether it's a relation to the, you know, the chief of police, her uncle. I, I just, it, it feels like he's, like what Kim said in an earlier chapter, he feels she, like he's, she's being singled out. And um, I feel like it's more extreme than it should be. And I think that there's a secondary reason there that we don't know yet, which maybe might lead into that backstory that you want for um, Herman so bad, Mindy. Mm -hmm. um, 
But I think there's something there, especially in the first couple chapters of this. I think the authors really put in stuff that they're going to call back to later. So Kim's saying, this is really weird. He's calling you out like he's never done to anybody else. Why is that? I feel like there's more there and that we might come back to that. Um, I hope we do, because I would like to think that there's more to his hatred or dislike of her than just her mistake. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That, yeah, it's great. It would be great to have more backstory in both ways. And anyway, every way, always. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good point, Meg, the, his interaction with different people in the precinct. Um, I think because going back to, 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 to when Will asked, so what do we know about Loon at this point? What did McTrevor say? Um, like if Lauren had been the one to ask that, maybe Herman would have been more snippy with her and like, just just stay focused on what you need to do. But because Will asked it, maybe he was more open to answering him right away without any hesitation or anything. I, I just had a theory about Herman that relates to relates to another theory that other people have said but I can't say it because it's like way later but um yeah we can talk about it afterwards <laughs> okay that was um, feels like a short chapter this one does it feels short yeah the comment on this one from the creator's notes is Lauren is me when I look at you guys theorizing about ph right in front of my face which is very true like I watch the streams and we definitely like theorize in the streams and it's like I wonder how she feels just like holding herself back from saying like oh my god you guys are so wrong or <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be fun for an author to watch you somebody a bunch of people like go crazy and spend lots of thought and just trying to unravel and you're just sitting there back there like I know all the answers <laughs> yep so. well do you guys have any last thoughts on the chapter um I do uh hold on let me look at my notes again real quick boop, 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 boop. oh um uh, okay so going back to Will asking so what do we know about Loon at this point what did Trevor say um throughout the whole chapter he um is not speculating really a whole lot about Loon he just states the facts and asks questions while everyone around him is like, oh, Loon could be this. Oh, Loon could be that. Oh, Loon could be this. Which I think is an interesting character trait about Will. Um, that creative. Not that creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's probably a facts guy. Like he, he can see what he sees. I don't know. If, mm-hmm. And maybe follow through on if rules are given to him and processes are given to him, he can follow through. I don't know if he's that creative. <laughs> Mm, could be brings me to another thought but we'll have to wait because it's future chapters so I can't say anything <laughs> mm, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um the title of this of this episode new nemesis I think has new meaning after you read it I mean obviously but like you get to the end of the chapter and Herman is like so intimidating and so clear about he is not happy with loon and he wants to make sure that they get caught and they get the consequences for their actions so is herman the new nemesis nemesis? right yeah well yeah it's pretty personal yeah i know it's it's a harsh reaction it's it's more than i expected even for herman yeah well um do you guys want to end off with um choosing the one word you would that this chapter you know evokes in you like what hops out of you is one word to describe this chapter Ooh, make me yeah. go last 
<laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, go ahead, Meg. I'm still trying to formulate my thoughts. Um, either like intimidating or intimidation, because I feel like that's what Herman is doing this entire chapter. He's just radiating it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The word that comes to me is obfuscation, which is what Lauren is going to have to do from now on. And I mm -hmm. think that's like, must be very, very hard for her. Um, I guess for me is uh, buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they were, Lauren was so optimistic and so happy at the beginning of the chapter. And she was like hopeful and um, the people in the precinct, her coworkers, some were a little you know, like, oh, this is kind of not good, but some were like, this is a good thing. And cute secretary Lila, <laughs> she was like, this is so great. And then in comes Herman. And just like you said, Mindy just drops everything. It's so negative. It's like, bring it, bring it way down. It's a, it's a buzzkill. <laughs> True. <laughs> now, maybe I'll start doing like Instagram. Every time I post the story, I'll do, if I, if that chapter we did, uh, we did this one word description thing, which I tend to do, if I remember. And if it's not like too long, um, maybe I'll do like, you know, an Instagram story, like what, what, what's the one word you would describe it with? That's a good one. Anywho, thank you so, so much. It was a pleasure as always, always a pleasure to get together and discuss PH and thanks. Thanks for having us. See you next time. Yep. Bon way. Good night. <laughs> good night. Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Alley Cat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, and Alexa. Your support is much appreciated. Yeah.